Welcome to Bible Chapter Every Day. I'm Matthew. Our chapter today is Leviticus 7. Let's ask God to bless our time today. Heavenly Father, pray as we read this chapter we would consider what we are doing in our service to you and how we help those who are serving you that we are supporting. We pray that we would be participating in your work. We pray this through Jesus. Amen. Leviticus 7. And this is the regulation of the guilt offering. It is a most holy thing. In the place where they slaughter the burnt offering, they must slaughter the guilt offering, and he must sprinkle its blood upon the altar all around. And he must present all of its fat, the fat tail and the fat that covers the inner parts, and the two kidneys and the fat that is on them, which is on the loins, and he must remove the lobe on the liver in addition to the kidneys. And the priest shall turn it into smoke on the altar as a food offering, made by fire for Yahweh. It is a guilt offering. Every male among the priests may eat it. It must be eaten in a holy place. It is a most holy thing. The instruction is the same for the guilt offering as for the sin offering. It belongs to the priest who makes atonement with it. And the priest who presents a person's burnt offering, to that priest belongs the skin of the burnt offering that he presented. And every grain offering that is baked in the oven, and all that is prepared in a cooking pan or on a flat baking pan belongs to the priest who presented it. And every grain offering, whether mixed with oil or dry, shall be for all of Aaron's sons equally. And this is the regulation of the fellowship offerings that he must present to Yahweh. If he presents it for a thanksgiving, in addition to the thanksgiving sacrifice he shall present ring-shaped unleavened bread, mixed with oil, and unleavened bread wafers, smeared with oil, and well-mixed ring-shaped bread cakes of finely milled flour, mixed with oil, in addition to the ring-shaped cakes of bread with yeast. He must present his grain offering together with his sacrifice of thanksgiving peace offerings, and he shall present one of each kind of grain offering as a contribution to Yahweh. It belongs to the priest who sprinkles the fellowship offering's blood, and the meat of the sacrifice of his thanksgiving fellowship offerings must be eaten on the day of his offering. He must not leave it until morning. But if his sacrifice is for a vow, or as a free will offering, it must be eaten on the day of his presenting his sacrifice, and on the next day the remainder from it may be eaten. But the remainder from the sacrifice's meat must be burned up, in the fire on the third day. And if indeed some of the meat of his fellowship offering sacrifice is eaten on the third day, it will not be accepted. It will not be considered of benefit for the one who presented it. It shall be unclean meat, and the person who eats it shall bear his guilt. And the meat that touches anything unclean must not be eaten. It must be burned with fire. And as for the clean meat, anyone who is clean may eat the meat. And the person who eats meat from the fellowship offering sacrifice, which is for Yahweh, and whose uncleanness is upon him, that person shall be cut off from his people. And when a person touches anything unclean, whether human uncleanness, or an unclean animal, or any unclean detestable thing, and he eats from the meat of the fellowship offering sacrifice, which is for Yahweh, then that person shall be cut off from his people. Then Yahweh spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to the Israelites, saying, You must not eat any fat of ox or sheep or goat, 
and a dead body's fat or mangled carcass's fat may be used for any purpose, but you certainly must not eat it. When anyone eats fat from the domestic animal from which he presented an offering made by fire for Yahweh, then that person who ate shall be cut off from his people. And in any of your dwellings you must not eat any blood belonging to birds or domestic animals. Any person who eats any blood, that person shall be cut off from his people. Then Yahweh spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to the Israelites, saying, The one who presents his fellowship offering sacrifice for Yahweh shall bring his offering to Yahweh from his fellowship offering sacrifice. His own hands must bring Yahweh's offering made by fire. He must bring the fat in addition to the breast section to wave the breast section as a wave offering before Yahweh. And the priest shall turn the fat into smoke on the altar. And the breast section shall be for Aaron and his sons. And the right upper thigh you must give as a contribution for the priest from your fellowship offering sacrifice. As for the one from Aaron's sons who presents the blood of the fellowship offerings and the fat, the right upper thigh shall belong to him as his share, because I have taken the wave offerings breast section and the contribution offerings upper thigh from the Israelites out of their fellowship offering sacrifices, and I have given them to Aaron, the priest, and his sons from the Israelites as a lasting rule. This is Aaron's allotted portion and his son's allotted portion from Yahweh's offerings, made by fire, when he brought them forward to serve as priests for Yahweh. This is what Yahweh commanded to give them from the Israelites on the day of his anointing them. It is a lasting statute for their generations. This is the regulation for the burnt offering, for the grain offering, and for the sin offering, and for the guilt offering, and for the consecration offering, and for the fellowship offerings sacrifice, which Yahweh commanded Moses on Mount Sinai on the day of his commanding the Israelites to present their offerings to Yahweh in the desert of Sinai. Well, that's the reading. Let's dig in. In chapter 6, Yahweh started giving some commands for the priests about their sacrifices. These are the same sacrifices we covered previously, but these commands are more about what the priest's part is in the sacrifices. So chapter 6 talks about the burnt offering, the grain offering, and the sin offering. Now, in chapter 7, we continue by covering the guilt offering. The guilt offering is very similar to the sin offering. Instead of putting the blood on the horns of the altar, the priest would sprinkle the blood all around the altar. The usual fat portions would be burned on the altar, and the priest would get to eat the meat in the tabernacle courtyard just like the sin offering. Then he tells us that for the burnt offering, where the meat of the animal is completely burned, the skin of the animal would be given to the priest who makes the offering. He tells us the grain offerings would be shared among all the priests. Then we get to the fellowship offerings. And there are different reasons for a fellowship offering. The first reason is thanksgiving. So I presume that a person would have a particular reason in mind to be thankful that this offering would cover. Then, in addition to the animal, they would bring a grain offering, baked in various ways, and in this case, one of the ways would include yeast. The priests who offer the sacrifice would get the grain offering, and the worshiper must eat the meat of the animal that day. Anything left over would have to be burned. Then there are two other reasons for a fellowship offering, a vow or a free will offering. 
So these are things the worshiper decided to do without specifically being thankful for a particular thing that happened. For this type of free will offering, they would take two days to eat the meat, but anything left over after the two days must be burned. Then there are some commands about eating the meat. The meat must not touch anything ceremonially unclean, and only people who were ceremonially clean could eat it. We will learn later about the things that would make a person ceremonially unclean and how they could be cleansed. Then Yahweh repeats that the Israelites must not eat fat or blood. They could use the fat of non-sacrificed animals for other purposes, perhaps to make something like soap, for example, but not for eating. Then we get some more information about the fellowship offering. The priest who offers the sacrifice to God will get the breast and the right upper thigh. They would first offer the breast as a wave offering. So with that, we close out the section on the different types of sacrifices. And now for a deeper dive. This chapter mentions several parts of sacrifices that would be given to the priests. There are some good practical reasons for this. The priests had a lot of work at the tabernacle, and once they are in the land, the priests don't get a large farm that they can work to earn money. So they won't have the time or the opportunity to take care of themselves like an ordinary Israelite. So they need to get paid. And instead of setting up some sort of salary for the priests, God specifies that they get certain parts of the offerings made to God. So when someone offered a grain offering, only part of it was burned on the altar, and the rest went to the priests. When the priests offered a grain offering, it was totally burned up. Paul makes a point about this in 1 Corinthians 9.13. Do you not know that those performing the holy sacrifices eat the things from the temple, and those attending to the altar have a share with the altar? In the same way also the Lord ordered those who proclaim the gospel to live from the gospel. So Paul says that this applies to people preaching the gospel today. They should be able to be paid so that they can support their family and devote the time to serving God. Paul himself said that he didn't take advantage of that right in 1 Corinthians 9, but he said he was the exception rather than the rule. In many churches today, the way this works is a regular collection every week that goes to various ongoing expenses, including paying the people who are devoting their time to serving God. And I think that is a very reasonable application of this principle. Now, Unlike the Law of Moses, which was very specific, God doesn't specify exactly how much we should contribute. But clearly, we should. And how much we give should be governed by the need and the willingness that we have in our heart to participate. My father-in-law suggested the idea that if a church had ten families, it should be able to support a full-time minister if each family contributed ten percent of their earnings. That, of course, isn't a particular Bible command, but just a general idea that he suggested. And, depending on our position in life, we can afford more or less at any given time. The specific amount or percentage isn't specified in the Bible. Only that we should use our money to participate. And Paul tells us in Acts 20, verse 35, that Jesus said, It is more blessed to give than to receive. Scripture quotations are from the Lexham English Bible. Copyright 2012, Logos Bible Software. Lexham is a registered trademark of Logos Bible Software.